Hi, my name is Sherry Doherty, and I'm a 54-year-old lady in red, in act two of my career and living my best life. My perspective on life and behaviors have been governed by who I was as a child, who I became, and who I am still striving to be. People my age are beautiful, bold, confident, and full of wisdom. And truly, the encore of the story of your life is still when the best songs are yet to be sung. My mission in this podcast is to shine the spotlight on people like me, have real conversations about reinvention stories, and inspire you to continue to follow your dreams regardless of your age. I'm doing it for Daisy. Who are you doing it for? Welcome to today's episode of the Encore Podcast. Today, I am excited to have with me my friend Heidi Blondin. And Heidi is a certified financial planner and an insurance broker. She is a lady that I network with, and she is in my circle of influence. I admire and respect her to the point where she manages my money. So we all know that I trust her. (laughs) That has got to be, I guess, the best testament to anybody who's giving them your own money to manage. But I love Heidi's story, and I love her energy, and I wanted to have her share her story with the listeners today. So welcome to the show, Heidi. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. Excellent. I'm excited for you to share your journey with everyone. If you will, tell us a little bit about who Heidi is. So where were you born? Where were you raised? What did your childhood look like? The highlights and the lowlights, if you're willing to share them, if they've formed any of who you've become. You know, what the early stages of your career and family looked like. And then we'll get to the point where I ask about whether there was a change and if there was a reason for the change. Sounds good. Well, that's an awful, yeah, I could dig back an awful long way. Where to begin? I grew up in a family of four girls. So I have mom that stayed at home primarily uh, most of our early years and spent a lot of time with us and, you know, helped us grow. And uh, so she was a stay-at-home mom. My dad was very, uh, he worked at Bell Canada, so he worked long hours. He was a manager, so he spent a lot of time away. And, you know, given the amount of estrogen in the house, I'm not surprised (laughs) that he spent a lot of time away. Mm -hmm. Um, He did a lot of commuting because he wasn't necessarily um, based in the city that we lived uh, we had moved a couple of times. I, I was born in Peterborough, and we then moved to Lindsay about a year and a half later. Lived there till I was about 10, and then we've been in Kingston ever since. And once we got established in Kingston, my dad did some other sort of jobs. He worked in Smith Falls and a couple other places and commuted. So he spent a lot of time on the road and long okay. days working. So my mom was the rock and, and sort of managed the household and kept everybody in line. We had a great childhood. We did a lot of camping and a lot of fun, fun family stuff. Uh, my mom was a really big proponent of eating at the table, which I really appreciate now. Um, I think that it's important to have that time to sort of communicate and spend time with the family. Um, uh, family of six that got a little rowdy at the right. table. And as we introduced <laughs> the boys into the mix, as we each brought home um, significant others, it was, you know, changed the dynamic at the house and, and we had a lot of fun. But I think one, one sort of time that really sort of rocked me was in my early 20s. I got married. I actually got married at 20. Um, which is young compared Mm -hmm. to most people. But I had found my husband early. I started dating my husband, John, at 15. Wow. And And same husband today. Same husband today. We're coming up on 30 years. That's beautiful. So he's he's my rock and, and love him to death. But so I met him at 15. And so I knew that after five years together, he was the one. I, I, so I figured, what's the point in waiting and right. getting married when it was a little more appropriate? So I was three weeks shy of 21 when we got married. And I would do it all over again. He was, he's a gem. Just Aww. a gem. Yeah. So anyway, we had, uh, 
I guess early, so just as we were planning our wedding, my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer. Okay. So we had, you know, I, I still remember walking around the block with her and she, you know, she had watched a lot of her family members and, and my dad's family members go through the battle with cancer. She decided that she, well, she wasn't sure she wanted to fight it. And I'm like, mom, you're 43 or 44. Like, what are you talking about? Right. <laughs> like, that's just not even an option here. Mm -hmm. So anyway, she, she decided to proceed and, and go down the, you know, chemotherapy and radiation and all of that. Uh, and she came through that and, and she's been fine. Well, she was fine for until 57. Okay. So she had one round of, you know, breast cancer at 44, uh, another round of breast cancer at f 57. And then she's had another round of cancer at 66. So she's, you know, she's a trooper. She has her she's treatments and she comes out and she says, you know what, I'm good for another 100,000 miles. The woman loves to travel. She loves to uh, explore the world. And, and if she could, she'd be gone every other week. <laughs> That's she's, she's actually in Australia right now for six weeks visiting my sister that lives in Australia. So she's, you know, exploring the world and loving every, every minute of it. So she's now, I want to say... 74 so she's going strong and and she's uh, yeah so anyway i she's i admire my mom she's been a real trooper and really persevered through some really tough times and but for me at early 20s that was a real shaking moment yeah. right because she was a stay-at-home well she actually at that time she was working um some part-time but it was really um concerning to me because my dad then decided to retire early so he retired at 48. oh boy that's early Mm -hmm. He has, you know, he was, he was tired. He was tired of, of running the roads and all of the workload that was being dumped on him at the time. And so he decided that he would rather spend some quality time with my mom, just in case things, treatments didn't go That's as beautiful. planned, right? So they decided that quality of life and, and time together was way more important than working and, you know, chasing a dollar. So for me, that was scary because I'm very safety conscious minded and, and, you know, financially very, I was always a saver. And so I was very conscious of well, how are we going to pay the bills and how are we going to do this? Uh, my dad started a carpentry business and, and did some sort of jobs, uh, odd jobs on the side. But yeah, he was, he's been retired for longer now than he, he ever worked. He worked tw at least 25 years with Bell Canada, but he's, he's now been retired longer than that. So it's wow. pretty, pretty cool. So they've been able to spend a lot of quality time together. They've done a lot of traveling and had a lot of fun. Um, but so for me, it really shook me. And I think John and I then got married that following summer. And he's been, you know, like I said, my rock and my wonderful uh, supporter all the way along. But then I, I guess all throughout my career, I, I mean, I got married to John after second year. And then I graduated from Queen's following that. And then I started my career working for entrepreneurial people. I always seemed to gravitate to people that were really lit up about whatever it was that they were passionate about. I've worked in fashion, I've worked in hospitality, I've worked in high tech, and now in finance. And oftentimes the entrepreneurials tend to be sort of male dominated, tend to be men that, uh, you know, moving and shaken and have really cool ideas and are always pushing the envelope. My previous boss in high tech was one of those nosebleed really sort of pushing the envelope always loved to be sort of ahead of the curve and and um, very inquisitive curious and really entertaining to work with <laughs> and so I loved working with him I worked with him for 11 years and then I got the opportunity I met my mentor in the financial world and he sort of got talking about the possibility of working in finance and I got thinking about it and I thought 
I've got an economics degree from Queen's. This makes so much sense to me. Why did I not do this sooner? Like I, I just, I got really excited about the notion of being able to help people with their finances and work the way through their, you know, their everyday challenges and their goals and help them do that. So I just, just in thinking about that, I thought, why have I not done this sooner? Like this just this doesn't make any sense. So I just got really excited and, and he sort of had hinted, well, you know, we give our, our staff Friday afternoons off and I'm really, really, really busy and I really struggle with, you know, trying to keep up. So I'm thinking, well, I have Fridays off. Well, <laughs> maybe I could somehow <laughs> whittle myself in there. Mm -hmm. And uh, so anyway, I ended up making the transition, resigned from my 11 year position at uh, in tech and started in the financial world in 2007. So it's been 15 years that I've been in finance. I I worked being back to the being safety minded and very security conscious, worked for six years as a licensed assistant. Okay. So I had a great mentor that I worked very closely with uh, and managed his practice. And he always said to me, Heidi, you are a way overqualified assistant. <laughs> and I so you know, and so I, I eventually got to the point where I felt that I was confident enough in my own abilities and secure enough in my own finances that I felt that I could make the leap into managing my own practice and starting to build my own client base. So I guess I was about, just after 40, I decided that it was time to start my own practice. So I started that and worked in the same office with the other team, a team of other male financial advisors. And then I did that for about six years and decided it was time to go out on my own, that I wanted to be able to provide a more heart-centered, heart holistic financial planning experience for my clients. I found that you know their approach was different than mine. And I, I think there's only about 15% of women financial advisors in the industry. So I, th I think we, we practice different, we show up differently for our clients. Interesting. And so I really felt that it was, it was time to do something different. So I launched an all-female financial planning practice. Not that I only serve females, but, it, but our office is made up of all female advisors and support staff. So we just, we just show up differently. I think we're more detail-oriented. We just, we care about our clients so much that we just, we want the best for everybody. And I think that as I, you know, mentioned earlier, we seem to be attracting clients that are looking for a different experience. I'm lit up by being able to provide that opportunity for people. I can see that actually. <laughs> when you got to the part in the story where you found financial services in your life, you literally lit up. There was a spark and <laughs> a smile and a glow. And I think that's beautiful when people find their calling. Mm -hmm. I also feel like I wish I had been doing real estate much longer than I've been doing it, but that's okay. We're all yeah. on our own journey for the reasons that we get here when we get here. So that's beautiful. But I could literally see that in you. And I know, you know, sincerely, that you, you know, you do care and you are looking out the very best for people. What did it look like when you took that leap to say, I'm leaving where I am, kind of, you know, getting out of the nest and I'm going to fly solo on my own and start something completely different. And like you said, probably not anything that existed in our market, at least that I'm aware of. I know that, you know, the big financial planning companies that we could think of are all here. They all have a presence. And you said, I'm going to go do something a little bit different. Uh, how did that feel and what did that look like for you? Well, I would say the transition to my own firm, I've never looked back. Okay. It was fantastic. It was like a weight was lifted. I was no longer sort of trying to conform, mm -hmm. you know. I think we show up differently and I think that the um, being able to just show up in my own office and have my own staff and my own approach and like I'm very systematic and very um, process oriented and so it was it was just so nice to just have 
to be of full, full discretion to call my own shots and make it what I wanted it to be uh, and surround myself with the people that, that really sort of showed up the same way. Right. So I think the transition into my own practice was much more emotional and <clears throat> challenging, I would say. Being so very driven, very motivated, um, but also very safety-minded. So it was a real, a real leap to me to say, okay, I'm going to do this for myself. And we may not have the money every month. To, right. You know, when you win full, full commissions, full sales, um, not having necessarily... An, um, some consistency in revenue that was that was stressful so for the first I would say probably the less the first four or five years of my practice uh, it was a struggle it was a ongoing continuous push right. uh, to try and achieve what I what I expected of myself and failure was not an option I, I love that. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. that is that's huge for me because I started my practice. I incorporated right away, and most often people would incorporate two or three, four years down the road when they know they've made it. Well, there was no option for failure. <laughs> we were going full full out, and uh, like I said, we've never looked back. I think life has gotten a lot easier uh, now that I've much more established and and my practice is, has grown a lot. But I uh, I feel I still show up every day pushing and and trying to, to, to do the best we can do, right? Right. Mm -hmm. So this summer, you turned the magical 50, <laughs> <laughs> which is, you know, that time when people look back and think, you know, what was I doing for the first half of my life? And, you know, what do I want to do for the second half of my life? It sounds to me like you found that earlier mm -hmm. than most. And I know you well enough to know that, you know, you are on the path, but the path is unlimited for you and that you have visions and goals of growing your business and serving our community in the way that you do, but also in, you know, helping others just have financial literacy and have financial planning. I know that we've spoken about, you know, workshops in managing money specifically for women. Mm -hmm. I know we've had conversations about the unfortunate fact that there's a lot of widows who have a lot of money and they didn't spend a lot of their years managing that money because they, you know, in a lot of cases had a husband who took care of that. And unfortunately, a lot of times men pass away first. And that's, you know, my personal situation as well um, with my mother. And, you know, I know that anyone should feel very comfortable to, you know, refer their mothers to you or the people that they know because, you know, you have a soft spot and you have an expertise for helping people manage that transition and protecting their nest egg for themselves and for future generations in terms of inheritance and things like that. And I love that, you know, <laughs> you still are going full steam. What does the next 10 or 15 years look like for Heidi? Well, you know what I would say that 50 is fabulous. It absolutely it's fabulous. is. It's fabulous. It's fabulous at 50. Really, life right? Life doesn't get any better. You know, we've sort of hit our stride. I really feel like I'm flowing. We've had, you know, financial success. My husband and I are very comfortable. We've, you know, we can now travel and do the things that we want to do. And I believe in, in actually living sort of retirement while we're working. Like, enjoying those trips and, and doing the things that we want to do without waiting until retirement because right. we never know how many days we get. I have so many family members that are fighting with cancer and we just don't know, you know, what our what our future looks like. Mm -hmm. So I really feel like it's important to embrace our life and really enjoy every day. 
And so I think from, from here forward, I, I will continue to live that, you know, in my, in my day to day, but really trying to show up and be present. Um, I think with my clients, when I sit down with them, I, I always block at least two hours so that I really can show up and spend the time and really be in tune and, and go deep if need be. Um, you know, not everybody needs two hours, but I certainly like to, to not be rushed. I like to know that I, whatever comes up in a meeting, you never know whether it's going to be, um, you know, somebody's just been diagnosed with something or somebody's got a, you know, um, elderly parent that needs some assistance or like you never know what's going to come up life changes constantly so I like to be able to be available for those conversations and help people guide people along uh, I think going forward I also plan to spend some time I'm working on a project of trying to develop snack size tidbits of financial literacy to help bridge the gap uh, with what's going on in you know the education curriculum it's not quite if sufficient to be able to educate people financially and so I want to um, give some snack size uh, samplings or uh, information that I've acquired over the last 15 years to help people with their finances and hopefully inspire some curiosity for them to learn more so that's that's a project that I'm going to work on and I also want to make sure to spend um, or gift myself some time you know, you talked about sort of slowing down and finding time to really do the things that really light me up. Personally, I'm very creative and crafty, and so I like to paint and I like to scrapbook and make cards and things like that. So just having the time to be able to show up to do those kinds of things and also to be present with my friends and family uh, to the level that I'd like to be. So I, I guess I, I feel at this stage I'm really sort of slowing down and going deeper with my family and friends, but also going deeper with my clients. I really want to sort of harness those relationships and really, really understand where people are coming from and, and so that I can help them efficiently. I feel like, I know I've said this to you before, but I find you to be a very calming presence and I never feel frantic or rushed and I love that about you because that is something I aspire as Thank well you. for. I, I'm, fairly certain that I come off a little more scattered, a little more <laughs> frantic sometimes. So I respect that. I'm trying to kind of find that level of calm and peace as well. Yeah. When I think about you, it's not necessarily high quantity, but high quality. Mm -hmm. And whether or not that's your life or your business or whatnot, I feel very comfortable to say like, you're going to get absolutely Heidi's attention. You're going to get the best quality of service. But I also feel like you're not somebody who's like push, push, pushing for a revolving door of new business, mm -hmm. even though you're ambitious. Yes. So I feel like you're smartly ambitious. And I, I, I love that. I aspire to be more like that. Like you pick the clients and you pick the projects and you pick how you spend your time, mm -hmm. and I really admire that. I know at this point you strive to protect your Fridays, to put some boundaries around the mm -hmm. world, because women like us who are ambitious can let it spill over to all of our life. And I know that you're better than I am at creating boundaries. How did you get to that place? Well, it's funny, actually. When I started working on my certified financial planning designation, I decided that I would work Monday through Thursday and then take Friday, Saturday, Sunday to study. Okay. So then when I finally finished after two and a half years of getting my designation, I thought, why am I going to go back to working five days a week when I've been able to fit it into four? Mm -hmm. And I've always wanted to have Fridays off. So that was always a goal of mine. Uh, so I, I just said, you know what? Fridays are off limits. Those are my day. Now, I have to admit that I don't 
<laughs> do nothing. I, I, I always am checking email and, and sort of keeping tabs on what's going on, but I really try not to go into the office. I, I really try to sort of distance myself so that I have, you know, the, the time to do the things that, that matter to me. I think there's always, as you say, you know, when you're, when you're being creative, you need that, that quiet time to really percolate and, and develop um, what it is that you're, you're trying, you're messaging. And I find that I, um, I don't, I don't need to do social media or marketing or anything, but I find that it, the reason that I do social media is because it helps me to develop my own messaging. It helps to me to think about what really matters to me and how I want to show up. And so the time that I spend developing my own content, it really, it, it allows me to solidify my own thought patterns and process and, and how I want my the messaging to go to my clients. So although I don't, I don't post every day or anything. I, I try to show up in an authentic way that, that really sort of is helpful in knowledge, like sharing, sharing some information. And I definitely know that that's working for you because as we've talked about, you know, clients are coming to you mm -hmm. because you're showing up the way that you want to show up that is authentic to who you are and you just attract then people that that resonates with mm -hmm. and that, that lands with. And I think that's the most beautiful kind of work to, you know, just naturally curate that and curate your circle, mm -hmm. which is... Yeah, beautiful. I love, you know, I love my clients and I, I really like to hand select who I work with because I don't want to go to work and feel a dread having to meet with a certain person right. that I don't connect with. Right. You know, I, I'm not for everyone and I think it's important that, you know, you, you take that introductory meeting to say, you know what, are we a good fit for each other? Because it's really important that I, at this stage in life, I don't want to show up for the wrong person. I want to be there and really have, like I had a client meeting yesterday, was, I think it was over two hours and we had so much fun. <laughs> it's just, you know, that's the kind of meeting that I want to have where we're making a difference. We are finding out what the, the key motivators are of the client, helping them align their money and their goals. And we have so much more impact when we actually can figure out what, what really makes somebody tick. Right. And that lights me up for yeah. sure. I mean, you do have a life that we all aspire for and you seem to have found a good rhythm and a good balance and pace, which is beautiful. And I know that you're gonna keep that up for a very long time. And I do know that one of your, your goals is to gift that to other people. So I think that you're definitely like a walking testament to what life can look like. And if I can get that through more of Heidi in my life, then that's a beautiful thing. <laughs> If people wanted to reach out to you, how would they get a hold of you? Probably the best way w would be to go to our website, HeidiBlondin.com, and there's a contact us page where you can send in a submission um, to be reached, and it comes directly to me, so you'll hear back from me personally uh, to see about scheduling some time to, to connect and to see whether we're a good fit for each other. Yeah, I think you're definitely a great fit for this audience. As you know, it is primarily people over 50, and these are such important years for us to be thinking about our future retirement. And some people retire at 55 and some people don't retire till 75. But we all need to be taking a look at an individual plan for ourselves in order to accomplish our retirement goals or our goals for the second act of our life. So I highly recommend that people reach out to Heidi. I, like I said, I do trust you and I do admire you as well. I think you're a great role model for living a great quality of life. So thank you so much for being with us today and sharing your story. It's interesting. I love that you are essentially a, a local gal, <laughs> made really good for yourself and making a difference in the community. Thank you. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure being with you.